Hello, everybody. I'm Pasha Marlowe, and this is the Let Pleasure Be the Measure podcast. I'm thrilled to bring you today a friend, a performer, a comedian, a TikTok sensation, and so much more. We're going to get into it. Samantha Ramsdell is here. Samantha Ramsdell was noted to be the one of the top five new internet comedians to follow in 2020. And so you were, and so you did, you rocked that. She's got like 68,000 followers on Instagram, but that's nothing compared to over a million now on TikTok, which I can't even imagine. And she's doing live comedy shows and performing every chance she gets. I adore you, Samantha. You've been generous uh, with your wisdom, your kindness, your energy from the start. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. And yes, good friend too. So you were so sweet. The first time I reached out to you, I think I saw uh, one of your videos. You were actually visiting your mom and I was missing my kids. It was 2020. Everyone's missing their kids. I was missing my adult kids. And I just happened upon a video of you surprising your mom at her house and I cried I was like who is this sweet girl who would be visiting her mom and then I was like I want my kids to visit and then I then I realized that you were also a comedian performer and then I realized that you also have family in Maine so I was like I'm just gonna reach out and ask her if she'd talk to me figuring you'd say no um, and you said yes. And then you met me for coffee or lunch and just yeah. so generous with your, with your time. Thank you. Thank of course. You. Well, of course. And I mean, you know, it's always one of those things too, where, you know, I know I had reached out. I mean, I still reach out, you know, so I like, you know, it's kind of a karma thing where it's like, you know, and obviously I know, you know, we're kind of kindred spirits in a way with some mm-hmm. of the stuff that we talk about that happens to be so in line with each other. Mm-hmm. So it's funny how the universe just brings people like that together. But, you know, it's always kind of like, you know, I know I've reached out to people and hope that, you know, I also can get responded back to. So, yeah, yeah. And, you know, most of the famous uh, comedians and influencers I've reached out to have, for the most part, been super generous this year in um, wanting to share their enthusiasm for theater and performing and really missing it so much. So I think everybody's in this frame of mind where they're just like, yeah, let's just help each other and keep the, keep the energy going for uh, what the healing arts um, can be in the performance world. Yeah. And I forgot to mention something so big that you were recently on Ellen and I was the dorky fan who was taking like, like selfies of, of me as if I had anything to do with it with you in the background with Ellen and then taking videos of you and like rooting you on. I'm like, Jamie, get off your Xbox. My friend's on Ellen. It's like the only time he got off all year. And um, and I was, and it was just such a thrill. And it must have been for you too, a thrill to be invited and on yeah. the set, right? Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. It was quite the experience. Definitely, you know, something that is like a once in a lifetime, you know, to be on the set of Ellen. Um, especially in a in the COVID and being in a let, you know, when everything's still in quarantine, it was you know, definitely wild having to quarantine before you go out there and then getting tested like every day out there. Oh, wow. But yeah, it was crazy. But it was, I mean, again, experience of a lifetime. So I was very, very grateful to get to go. Okay. So here's what I thought after seeing it, because I figured that it's like once in a lifetime, perhaps experience. Mm -hmm. 
So I was trying to imagine being in your shoes and thinking, okay, I'm so glad I was on Ellen. I'm so, that was super fun. And like the world didn't actually get to see my talent. Like, yes, they saw that you could eat whatever you did donuts that day. Right. And like, granted, like your, your mouth is amazing, but I know, and you know, even more so that your talent expands so far beyond what you can fit in your mouth. Was there a part of you that was like, and I really wish I could have done a singing performance on that show or something. Was that there? Oh yeah. I mean, you know, it was funny how little I knew about what I was going to be doing before I went out there too. I mean, it really was like, I mean, I, I knew they had seen me because of my mouth and obviously, you know, see my TikToks and that's a big part of it. So I knew that that was obviously going to be a part of it, but we really had no idea. I knew it was going to be a crazy talent show. She was having this segment of a crazy talent show, but I didn't really know exactly what I was going to be doing. You know, I knew that there was like, you know, there were going to be questions that they were going to ask, but we didn't know until we literally got there that morning. Wow. We didn't know that it was part of like this whole Wayne Brady's like show cross promoting no idea until we showed up. So it was like, you know, I really had no idea, which was, you know, part of it was like, I wish I had known that all I was going to have to do was do the donuts from the, you know, so I would have been so anxious the whole time. So I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to make me like do this stand up or do or sing on, you know, you cue. for all of it. Yeah. I was like, you know, just be prepared. Cause you know, that was the thing too, is they were like, we'll go over some interview questions that she might ask. But again, Ellen just kind of does what she wants. So like, if she's on the spot and she's like, oh, Hey, I heard you do comedy or I heard you sing you know, like, let's hear, you know, like she's known to be, to do that. So I was kind of being prepared for whatever I was being prepared to be like, okay, you have 60 seconds for a talent, like do, you know, do a 60 seconds. So I was ready to go with like all cylinders. And then I show up and they're like, all right, so, you know, we're going to have you shove donuts in your mouth. I'm like, oh, that's it. Oh, that's easy. (laughs) You know, I was like, oh, okay, I guess fine. So, you know, it was, there was a part where it was like, oh, but yeah, either way, Great experience. Well, yeah. and you could still, you know, not only get excited about the fact that you were there, but you could leverage it. You, you know, as seen on Ellen, you were, you were, you did perform on Ellen. So that's awesome. And you're performing live on comedy stages in Connecticut, right? Yeah. Um, yes. Is that stand up or is it comedy and singing combined? So I, you know, I have this like crazy idea and we were talking, you know, we've talked about this, how I want to do this one woman show. And because I, there's a part of me that loves doing, you know, I love singing. If you've been following me for a while, you know, I've seen some of my stuff I do, you know, I was a singer first really. Um, so I love to sing. I love to write music. Um, so I've always dreamt of doing this show where I can do it, you know, do it all. And some, you know, in one word, it's like, I want to be able to do, you know, comedy, but also I love to sing. So I've always, you know, had this dream of doing like a variety one woman show where I can do a little bit of all that and improv train too. So I was like, you know, I'd love to do some audience interaction. So, you know, I'm kind of playing around that idea and some smaller venues, obviously now, especially with COVID, it's not like some of these bigger venues are really open yet. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and dream, you know, dreaming to get to that place, but Mm-hmm. You know, kind of trying it at some of these little spots in, in Connecticut and trying out this idea and seeing how people like it, you know, maybe being able to yes bring that and bring that out more. Yeah. So and and being in the Stanford, Connecticut, you're like so close to the city. Can you almost taste it? Like, do you just want even more to experience? 
expand into Broadway and off Broadway and all the places. Yes. yes. Well, that would be the goal too, yeah. to be able to do it at bigger venues, to be able to go all over to work in yeah. New York City. Because again, there's still only a certain amount of venues that are really still open in New York because it does, it's so expensive to open the doors yeah. that it's like, you know, some places are waiting until you get into a certain capacity to open okay. up. Um, but hopefully, yes. Yes. That's the, that's the goal. Yes. I'm excited for you. I know a little bit about your backstory. Um, and I know you grew up in Scarborough, Maine and you performed as a child. You did all the things, the theater, the dance, the choir. And then there came the day where you told your parents or asked your parents, perhaps might be a better way to phrase it. If you could go on to do this professionally or go to college for performing arts, right? Yeah. How'd that, how'd that go? Yeah, well, yeah, um, well, you know, so being from, you know, being from Maine and really growing up in a town where it was like, you know, to get out of Maine, it was like, you know, I had always grown up too. And I think a lot of women my age where, you know, we saw our moms, our mothers and, you know, women, you know, above us who, you know, my grandmother who was, you know, provided for the family. And then my mom, you know, kind of came in and was like, I, you know, I want you to be able to be independent and, you know, have, you know, be in a place where you can support yourself financially and not have to depend on a man. And that was so like banged into her head. And this thing where it was like the goal, the dream, like the American dream was to be a successful businesswoman. You know, like that was, you know, to have, to be the boss babe CEO. So it was like, when I wanted to be an artist, you know, it was like, what? <laughs> it's like, no, 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 no. You know, no, that's not, you know, to be successful, it's to be, you know, to get a nine to five job and to make six figures and have this financially successful life. Yeah. So, you know, of course, so, you know, again, when I'm 17 and I'm like, I really want to go to musical theater school, they're like, uh, that's like the opposite of having like a certain, you know, this, you know, again, having the certainty and having this financial success, it's like, you know, that's literally the complete opposite from it. Mm -hmm. So my parents were really, really, really against, you know, really bottom line. We're like, you know, it's, you know, it's not a realistic, basically it's not a realistic career. And really bottom line, we're like, you know, you need to get a, a real degree. You know, we're only going to support if you go to college and get a, get a degree that you can get an actual job in. So I literally pretty much quit cold Turkey. Like at 17, it was like, I had been singing my whole life, acting my yeah. whole life, performing as much as possible in Maine. Yeah. Um, but quit pretty much cold Turkey went to UNH and got a business degree and yeah. Into yeah. And you succeeded, you, you got the degree, you got the job, you did really well in sales. And yet there was a part of you that was like dying inside. You were getting really ill and you were struggling with depression, anxiety, substance abuse, right? And, And your body was talking to you. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's so funny when I look back on it and it was like this, you know, it was like really when I was like 27. So it was pretty much 10 years later. Mm -hmm. And here I was, you know, I moved to Stanford, got this amazing job in outside sales for corporate America, you know, and again, I had had everything that my mom had banged in my head my whole life that would make me happy. You know, it was like, get the good paying job, buy your house, you know, have a house, have a, you know, be independent, you know, financially independent and, 
you know, have that nine to five, you know, great job that everyone looks up to. And when my mom can go and tell her friends what kind of job I have, they're like, wow, that's really cool. You know, it's like, that's great. She must be successful. Um, Good for your mom. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I was, uh, but I was 50 pounds overweight. I was on like three different antidepressants and anxiety medications mm-hmm. and, and also a sleeping aid to help me sleep at night. I was on sleeping pills because I never slept. I was smoking a pack of cigarettes a day, mm-hmm. eating super unhealthy. I mean, yeah. Drinking every night, you know, I was on Xanax and abusing Xanax. It was just like, you know, it wasn't a pretty, but on the outside, it was like, oh, she's got this corporate job. She's, you know, I was mm-hmm. doing well in sales because I was, you know, working my butt off and, you know, again, it's like everything looked great on the outside, but it was like, I just was like, why am I so unhappy? Yeah. I'm, you know, it's like, I don't understand. And it was like, I was really on this almost like quest and journey mm-hmm. to find out like, what the heck, you know, what is wrong? You know, it was like, I was going to transcendental medica- meditation classes. I was going to yoga, you know, I'm like literally like looking up, like how to be happy. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, you yeah. know, it's like, trying to do you know figure out what exactly was causing me to like you know not feel like I was successful you know I just so bottom line I started to do you know really do some energy healing and I remember I was just starting to really listen you know feel like to listen to the signs around me and it's like all right I really got to tune in here to figure out what's going on and I remember randomly like out of the blue I talking you know was just talking to my dad Mm -hmm. and you know, and we were kind of just like, I was just like, I don't know, like, what is going on with me? Like, I don't know if I need to change my job. Like, you know, it's like, do I need to move back to Maine? Like, maybe I need to move somewhere else. I just was in this rough spot. And he was like, well, you know, what always used to make you happy when you were little is you used to sing. Smart dad. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's crazy. <laughs> I was like, why would I? I'm like, you know, and of course, too, from my, you know, parents, again, it was like, what, you know, like, why would I sing? Like, that's stupid. You know, I'm 27, almost 28. I'm going to start singing again at 20. Like, what am I going to go do singing lessons and like, you know, play in my room? It's like, no. So I remember like, you know, kind of like judging it off and was like, Uh yeah, sure. Yeah. Maybe I'll sing again. Uh, You know, but I kept like rethinking of it and it just kept coming back into my head. And the voice in your head kept coming back. Right. Did it come at night? Mostly. I'm just curious. Or was it Okay, so it would haunt you at night a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it would haunt me and have dreams or like, you know, I would just, or there would just be like random times a day, you know, when I'm driving or washing dishes or I hear a song and I'd, you know, it's like singing, huh? Mm. You know, it's like singing again. You know, and again, I'd be like, that's crazy. And I remember there even a couple of times, you know, I went to go, I'd like Google like singing lessons in Stanford because I'm like, where do you go? You know, where do you go to get singing lessons? And, you know, and I remember calling and then I'll like hang up and I'm like, that's stupid. You know, I remember like, like even like, you know, even when I finally did call, which I called like, it was like the singing lessons Academy of Stanford. And it was like, I mean, the average age was like 12, you know, I think I was the oldest person there. And I finally went to go, you know, and I almost canceled it like three times. I'm like showing up like, this is so stupid. Your ego uh, and intuition were having a major battle. Was like, go, don't go, idiot. Yeah, it was crazy. And so, you know, of course I end up going and, and it just was like, oh my God, you know, it really was like a light went off. As soon as I started, like, remember doing chords and doing the warm ups, I'm like, is this? No, you know, I remember like, as soon as I started doing that, it was like, 
I couldn't stop. Like I went home and it was like, I like a flood, it was like almost like this rushing of memories. And it was just like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start, I think I'm gonna start singing again, you know, just, and of course in the beginning, you're like, it's just for fun. I'm just gonna do it. You know, on the side. In a couple months, I'm going into the city and going to open mics and. Yes. And so was it a feeling of coming home or was it a feeling of just feeling lit up and alive again after feeling kind of dead inside? Like lit up and alive, you know, Mm -hmm. it was like, oh my God, you know, it's like, Mm -hmm. I just remember like having this huge smile on my face after singing. It was like, I couldn't brush the smile off. And I'm like, oh my God, am I happy? Like, is that what this one is going to be? Yeah. That's you know, fantastic. Like, just crazy. It was crazy. Yeah. And because you had already gotten the job, did the thing, made the money, had the house, had the car, then were your parents supportive of you doing this on the side? Well, you know, of course, in the beginning, you're like, oh, that's so nice. You know, it's like, that's cute. That's lovely. You know, um, Don't but then of course, job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then, of course, you know, a year later, when it's like, I think I'm going to. You know, I was going into the city. I was starting to take improv classes. I was starting to do more on social media. It was like, whoa, 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 whoa. what are you doing here? You know, it's like, why, what, what, you know, and again, you know, of course my parents to some degree was still like, you have such a great thing. Like, what are you doing? You're like, you know, really, you know, my mom basically had quote unquote said that she was like, I feel like you're ruining your life. Like you have this amazing thing going like, what are you doing? Yeah. You know? So it was like, I think for them, it was also like this turmoil of like me being 17 again and being like, and wanting, cause of course uh, any person wants validation from their parents and for yes. them, your parents to say, yes, we support you. Like you should do what you love. Yes. And you know, I say this quote often, but there's a quote, I should know who said it by now, but it's the greatest burden a child will carry, will carry is the unlived life of a parent. And so often we try to fulfill our parents' hopes, wishes, dreams as children, and it doesn't speak to us, but we want so much their, their love and their approval and their pride. And so we don't listen to our intuition enough. And then when you do, there's this moment where you're like, is this going to be the moment where I'm maturing enough to not, uh, to, you know, disappoint myself right. and know that I'm going to disappoint my parents, but it, I'm more important right now. Like that's a big moment of maturity. I think when you, right. when you make sure you're not disappointing yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. yeah. And you know, and of course now I look back and it's, you know, now, you know, they're, they're getting more supportive. And of course, you know, now the degree, but I still do technically have the job, you know, it's like, I'm waiting for the day that I, you know, have to call my parents and be like, so I quit my job doing this full time and see, you know, what the reaction is then. But, um, you know, it still is this kind of, you know, even to this day, I still have this battle with like, you know, that's why I still have a full-time job now where it's like letting go of like this, yes, you know, the thing that's been banged in my head where like to be successful in life is to have this corporate, you know, to be, have the nine to five successful, you know, job to be that boss woman. And it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, someone who's, you know, again, being an artist, which is like, you know, a lot of times kind of a total 180 from that. Right. I still even still struggle with, you know, I'm still trying to figure that out and get the confidence. Yeah. And it's not just about money or uh because right now you're so successful on and this was the gift I guess 
2020 and COVID for you is that you were able to take your skills and talents and gifts and put them on the internet when everybody was sitting around the house and, and yeah. you were the one they wanted to watch. And then you just blew up on TikTok doing something. I'll let you describe what it is with what I love. Cause I go from healing with humor. Like so you were bullied for the size of your mouth as a child. Now, what made you think for the first time, like, huh, I could actually use my mouth for fun or um, entertainment or, um, you know, a funny video. Like what was the first moment that you're like, oh, I could use this as a benefit? Well, you know, of course it's so crazy because we're coming up like on the year anniversary almost of like, you know, really like in the beginning of April, you know, once we kind of found out that COVID was basically not going anywhere, it was like, I was pretty much on the point of giving up. I was like, there's just no point if we're not, things aren't open back. And at that point we were like, it's not up till the end of the year, which, you know, jokes on us. Um, but it's like, you know, I really was, you know, again, a year ago in a place where I was like, this isn't, I don't know if this is worth it. Like, what am I going to do? So TikTok comes along and, you know, again, it was kind of like, you know, obviously I feel horrible for everyone who also was, you know, doing this full time, but it's like, almost like the playing field got leveled, you know, it was like everyone, because everyone was at home, you know, it was like, it didn't matter that you were a SAG AFTRA or that you had an agent. It was like, we're all stuck in this. It's like, okay, what am I going to do? And I literally almost had this moment where I was like, all right, I got to differentiate myself. Like now's my time yeah. to like show everyone what I got. So I'm like, I got to think. And at the time I was just, I was kind of playing around with a bunch of different videos. Like I was, yeah. you know, at that time in my life, it was like, I was doing singing videos. I was, you know, trying to do like some comedy videos, all types of stuff. Yeah. And I would start to make these videos where I was making these crazy races and doing all these, you know, crazy looks and, you know, the TikTok children of America, you know, would love to point out like, what is wrong? face you know like what happened to you you know that you know makes your mouth that large and it was like what condition do you you know it just became so it's like all right and you pretended you had a condition didn't you call it something yeah oh yeah I'm just playing off of all that you know it's like are you gonna get surgery I'm like oh that's a great idea let me just call the plastic surgeon you know it like became this whole thing where it was like yeah right just and those videos always did really well you know of course I'm following the stats and it's like you know I post a video about you know, yeah, me having a condition called BFAM and which, you know, a rare genetic condition and of course stands for a big fucking ass mouth. But, you know, these videos get millions of views and I'm opening oh, yeah, like how big's your mouth? Like, I don't know. Eh. You know, it's like, and they would just get millions of views. And it was yeah. like, huh. And it was, you know, I think it was a mixture of like funny versus something that wasn't being done. And, you know, I was like, all right, there's, especially on TikTok, like it's such a niche, you know, it's like, yeah there's millions, you know, there's thousands, billions of these comedians of people trying to, you know, be singers on there or dancers. And it's like, what can I do that's different than everybody else? Stand out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And even though it was something like, as you mentioned, that was kind of almost like, you know, I had to kind of get over this trauma because to some degree it did bring back some of this like bullying and being told sure. in school, you know, being told I'm ugly and that, you know, again, it's disgusting. And, you know, all these like things that I used to get told growing up and hated so much about my mouth that I'm like, I gotta, you know, get, o- not get over it, but like use that momentum. Mm-hmm. Take the power back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And do you still get judgments and criticisms? Like, you know, whatever, whatever people say. Yes. All the time. Well, you know, and I think the biggest thing that always drives me crazy is 
you know, when people are like, oh, the big mouth thing, we get it. And it's like, you know, like all oh, the one trick pony, you know, the big mouth. And it's like, no, that's what, you know, so, really listen to me sing. Yeah. I'm like, look at my other videos. Like these videos just get the millions of views, but yeah. you know, that's always like, you know, but I have to know too, again, it's like, you know, TikTok is a fascinating algorithm of what it shows and what it doesn't. So, you know, and again, it's so unique that it just does happen to get, you know, the craziest views, but yes. Oh yeah. I mean, I still got comments and all types of things. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine. It's so interesting because what attracted me first to you was your, your kind heart and visiting your mom. And then I see you singing Les Mis with your dad one day, I think I'm like, oh, she could sing. And then I saw you doing a comedy thing. And so it's like the, the mouth bit and the eating big sandwiches, like just came so much later in my, this is because I'm not a TikTok follower though. So, but in the TikTok world, it seems like that's the, the focus. And I imagine it's going to be tricky to, to get people to realize all of your other talents, but how, but can, I assume you can also leverage the fact that you have all these followers to get onto the live comedy stages and to get to Broadway and to say, yeah, and to get on Ellen and all the places. Like now you could just use those fan numbers, right. To get new opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Well, that's, you know, I try to, you know, so I even too, someone I'm doing some of these, you know, the evening videos and going and, you know, finding same big sandwiches and stuff, you know, I try and filter in some comedy and filter in some singing and, you know, try and mix those in together so people can see parts of that. But Yeah, it's luckily, you know, I've had, you know, I've had success with bringing people over and getting them to stay. I think a lot of because of the comedy and singing, because, you know, again, the mouth thing, it's like, it's kind of like my, you know, my party trick in a way or the thing that differentiates me. But, you know, again, it's like, you know, I think it's, it's nice to be known as that to some way, because again, it does separate me. Like people are like, oh, the big mouth girl on TikTok. It's like, everyone knows who you're talking, you know, rather than like, oh, that comedian, it's like, who, you know, but it's like, oh, the big mouth, you know, the girl, on t- it's like, oh, right. so it's me, it's separated me. But again, it's almost kind of stuck me in this spot on TikTok where it's like people expect, you know, it's like the big mouth thing. So when people see singing or comedy, you know, I try and make it so it all meshes together. So it's not like, oh, whoa, now she's singing all of a sudden, you know, it's yeah. like it's this interesting platform where it's like very niche. So, and it's all these short videos, you know, like I was trying to do videos, you know, before that were like three minutes long and TikTok is like 20, 30 seconds, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, how do you get that in and do something crazy and wild in that short amount of time and make an impression, you know? Well, and I'm thinking about just the, the reframes here first. It's really cool. Cause you said you went to your um, energy healer and started to tune in. And I was like, well, that's interesting that you would tune in and find music. Nonetheless, I, I had to, I had to like think about the, the wording there, but the fact that you can use your mouth to no more play small, to play big, to speak your truths, to be heard. Like this whole idea of being seen and heard and known is such a human need for all of us. And, and as you use your big mouth to speak your messages or your mission and your talent and all the things, it's going to be such a, such an amazing gift and asset forever yeah. that you can yeah. use and it, and you could transform it over time. Uh, yeah. It works in so many capacities because it's like my mouth, you know, my mouth is big. Yes. But it's also comedy comes out of it and yeah. music and also this inspirational side to it and even like yeah. I have some of that in my shows where it's like you know I kind of joke about finding my mouth potential and it's like oh. you know that everyone can find something that's you know maybe unique about them and using that to their you know to the to the max but 
Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, it kind of, I'm trying to find that way that makes it all make sense. Yes. Yes. And I know that you have in your heart, um, a service heart and wanting to give back and wanting to speak to, um, teens or younger people about, um, speaking their truth and, and living their truth and then moving through bullying and being teased for things and finding their, their own gifts and unique talents. Um, so how wonderful you have a platform for that. So good. Yay. Oh my goodness. And so dumb question, but I know people are going to be like, you didn't ask. So you eat these big, okay. Do you spit or swallow? (laughs) Um, so if I, so if I'm doing this sandwich, I always will eat. I do swallow those. I do eat those. Okay. But if I do like, you know, for the example, I did like a, you know, I do like these one bite challenges where people are like, can you do this in one bite? And so a lot of those I do spit back out mostly just because like, especially like some of the donuts, it's like, I can't even like, you know, I just, especially, you know, I used to eat a lot and a bit had a bad unhealthy way. So I try to like not, you know, get too carried away with some like, cause a lot of times it's fast food and it's donuts and hamburgers um, but it's funny, you know, I did the other day, I did a Chick-fil-A. Someone was like, can you do a Chick-fil-A sandwich in one bite? And I'm like, all right, I'm going to go do this Chick-fil-A. I'm like, I'm, but I'm going to spin it back out. I'm not going to eat it afterwards. Of course, this is probably disgusting, but like, yeah, I fit it in and then I fit it back out. And then I just started eating it again. It's like, that's, this is disgusting, but you know, I'm like, it's Chick-fil-A. So what I did, I spin it up, but then I ate it again. And I know you love to work out, but do you have to work out like extra hard and often to accommodate, like balance it all out? Well, you know, it's funny. I do, obviously I work out a lot and I do normally during the week when I'm not doing these one bite challenges, you know, these, those are kind of like my cheat special, you know, okay. and I love sandwiches too. So like, you know, I also kind of believe in like into you know, intuitive eating and, yeah. you know, I just, I, you know, and I love sandwiches and that's, so for me, like, that's kind of, you know, those are my cheat meals, but I do eat normally very healthy during the week. Normally I, you know, 80% of the time I'm trying to eat healthy and balanced meals, but nobody's asking you like, how much kale can you fit in your mouth? Exactly. Nobody wants the healthy things. Oh, exactly. No, 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 no. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) Well, you're from Maine. Have you done the holy donuts yet? Just out of curiosity. No, but I should. I need to do that when I come home next. Hopefully Memorial Day, I think I'm going to come back up. So, oh yeah, L- let me know. My uh, my friend Lee Kellis is the owner of Holy Donuts, oh, and cool. um, yeah, yeah, she and I are going to do pleasure retreats soon, where she just is going to we're going to feed people Holy Donuts and cookies and talk about pleasure and talk about self worth, and it all ties in. It's like we have to listen to ourselves, and when we listen to our voices, does our voice say, you know, I used to love singing. And I think I should do that again. And does our voice say, you know, I used to have fun and laugh and I don't do that anymore. Or I've been eating salads for so long. I just fucking want a donut. Like yeah. whatever it is, you know? And that's the intuitive um, eating aspect, but also just intuitively living and allowing ourselves to trust our own voices, which are so smart. Our intuition and our gut are always right. <laughs> Yes. We always know. It's like, those are those things. Like we always know the answer. And it was, you know, even when I was doing the energy healing, you know, I remember she's been like, your voice is telling you, like, you already know what you need to do. You already know, you know, it's like, we just need to listen to it and be open to listening to it and not, and know when it's the ego, Mm -hmm. you know, your true self. Yes. Yes. The ego and the intuition. And do you think you'll bring some of your uh, energy woo woo-ness into your performances? 
Oh yeah. Oh, well, you know, it's, and you know, again, it's like trying to find this balance of it, you know, cause part of me is like, oh, I want to do, you know, like this inspiring and like kind of tell some of my story. And it's like, but it's a comedy show. You know, I'm like, how do I, how am I going to balance? Like, you know, and so I'm trying to make it all work where it makes sense, where it's like this show that we can laugh, be some funny songs, have some good music, but also have it be this message where it's like, you know, it's kind of like, oh, or makes people think of being like, oh, is there something I, you know, I could be doing, you know, doing in my life that would make me happier, you know, maybe tune in to listen to that voice a little bit more. That's my so. favorite kind of comedy is, you know, the, the Tig Notaros and the Hannah Gatsby's out there who are using their comedy for so much good and learning and um, emotional, uh, sophisticated comedy. And, yeah. and they're making us laugh, but they're also making us cry and think and have kind of existential moments of what am I doing like, with my life and my body right now? And uh, how do I treat people? How do I treat myself? So I, that's, that's my favorite kind of comedy. And it's not, you know, it's not like stand up with, you know, set up punchline, set up punchlines a little bit more, um, you know, comedic storytelling, but it, I think totally. it, it's really, a wonderful, wonderful platform for change because people hear yeah. it more. I was, I, yes, and like you were, like you kind of, you talk about this all the time, but it's like a lot of time it's taking that power back and mm -hmm. taking some of these traumatic moments and being like, finding the humor in it, which can be so powerful. Yes. Um, you know, when you're able to do that, it's really like, you know, it's very healing, you know, so- it is. Yeah. Who, who knew like here? And I actually did go to school at college way back when in the nineties for musical theater and then derailed went all off in different things. And then you didn't go to school for musical comedy and derailed did all the things, but here we are listening to our voices, listening to our truths and saying, you know what, there's healing in humor and yeah. that we would come to the same place after taking very different paths, I think is a liberating message because I think people, um, especially young people like think they're kind of there's they might be feel stuck or like they're stuck in the conditioning or they're stuck in a decision yeah. but the only thing permanent is impermanence and you can change your mind at any time anytime any age yes you could you could become a comedian at 50 you yeah. can become a singer at 30 whatever it is whatever yeah, yeah. yeah. so it's so empowering definitely yeah. definitely um, cool. So where can people find you other than TikTok? Like where can we see your shows and your performing? Yes. Yeah. So if you're in Connecticut, you happen to be in Connecticut. Um, so I do have my next live show is May 14th, um, in Norwalk, Connecticut and all that. If you go to my website, if you go to my Instagram or TikTok, I have the link on there. Um, but yeah, I mean, mostly a lot of the stuff I post on Instagram. So if I have shows, you know, so it's always, or, you know, if you're on Facebook or TikTok, it's good to follow along. A lot of times I'm posting when I'm doing live shows, hopefully there'll be some more coming up this summer too, as more outdoor venues start to open up again in New York's opening up a little bit more. Um, so, and hopefully I'm trying to figure out about doing a show in Maine. Woo! Because, you know, being a hometown, obviously I have a lot of people who are like, do a show up here. So I'm going to try and see when I'm up Memorial Day weekend, if maybe I could um, try and book something. We're trying to see, I'm trying to see, try, find the right venue and find the right place, but. I know that, um, who's it, Bob Marley, he's always at that clam shack. Do you know I, which is funny. I mean, he's one of my, I mean, I grew up, like he was one of the first comedians I think I saw live doing stand up, you know? Um, so yeah, like I would love to do it. So, you know, like at a place like that, that's just like home down, you know, like at like fun. Right. Have you ever I, talked to him or connected with him? 
I haven't, I should, I should try to reach out to him. You know, it's funny. I've always, I followed him forever, you know, and anytime he comes to Connecticut and he's in, when he's in Maine and I'm up there, we always get shows. Actually he was in Bridgeport, Connecticut last year where we went, but I should, I should try to reach out to him. I, I feel like, you know, it's so funny. Like I look at him and I'm like, oh my God, he's like a real comedian. You know, it's like, he's like a real one, you know? So I get like the little starstruck. I'm like, oh my God, he's just like, I'm such a loser. Um, but-, but just like I reached out to you, like we're all just human. And you know what, for somebody to say, I so admire your craft and want to meet you or collaborate with you, that it's a compliment. And it's, and it's like, why are we in this business if not to inspire others, you know? <laughs> totally totally yeah I know it's just you know again it's that ego where it's like you know so I do but that would be I mean oh my god that was a dream you know we were just I was talking to my boyfriend like that would be a dream to open for him you know like if I could open if he ever had a show yes um so yeah yes yes and I I say go for it that would be amazing I'd love to see you open for Bob Marley and your and your lovely um boyfriend who's in so many of your videos did he know what he was in for like did you did you already start this when you met him like was he when you first met him were you already doing comedy um no no when I first met him we we've been dating for five years so he's seen like all the phases of my crazy journey the last couple of years so and he'd always known that I did sing and like it's funny anytime I would go home sometimes me and my dad would sing in church like that was like my thing every time I came home in the summer we sang at first congregational church on Black Point Road in Scarborough we would sing a Sunday service so James would come and that was like the, you know, like that was like the only thing I would do. And I wouldn't invite anyone because I was like so embarrassed because I was like, I, you know, I don't sing anymore. I'm just doing this for my dad. Um, so he like, knew that I sang, but like the comedy things all new, but you know, he, he's such a good sport. I mean, li- I am like so grateful to have someone who is like so supportive, no matter what I want to do. He's like, I'm on board. What do you need? You know, it's like, it doesn't get any better than that, you know. It's so good. I've seen the videos where you're like, okay, you're gonna catch me, and then yeah. you're gonna lift me up, and you're gonna, you know, swing me down between your legs or whatever. And it's always these like bizarre outtakes and bloopers. But he he does a great job, you know, being your sidekick. Oh my god! And he plays that role very. You know, I always tell him like, you know, don't act because it really is so much better when you are just naturally, genuinely, you know, reacting to the stuff that I make you do. It's just. You know, he's, he's just so Midwest. Like, and me and my friends always joke, he's just like. He's so friendly. He's like, all right, honey, whatever you want. I'll do the thing. He's such a good sport. He is. He really is. That's adorable. I'm so That's- glad to see you happy and successful doing what you love and um, and finding that that inner uh, inner knowing and self-love and self-worth. Most important. Yeah. Do you want to like sing us out? Like, do you have a- <laughs> um well I mean well you know it's funny um so I was writing with my partner this morning about I have some original comedy songs I was like should I do one but I don't know do you want me to I mean or you know I was gonna say I could shove something when I was trying to find something I could shove my mouth for you no I don't want you to shove something in your mouth I want you to use that mouth to sing I want to I want to that's your I that's your gift woman yeah Uh, well you know, um, I'm trying to think of something. What's a, you know, I'll do, I'll do a one line. This is like one of my favorite songs to sing of all time. Okay. Some people want it all, but I don't want nothing else. If it ain't you, baby, if I ain't 
something. A little something. Good. It gives me chills because you're so alive and vibrant when when you sing. Yeah, it's you're just exude joy. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much, Samantha, for coming. Always a pleasure seeing you. And I will continue to support you on your journey. Whatever you do, I just adore you. So thank Thank you. Thank you so much. Hopefully see you in soon in Maine. Uh, Yeah, I'm going to go to that Maine one. Yes, I'll I'll bring you some holy donuts at you. I will not make you eat more than one. (laughs) But you'll have to try them. They're delicious. Of course. Yes. And if anybody wants to find Samantha, I'll write it in the show notes, of course, where you can find her. If anyone wants to find me, just go to PashaMarlo.com. I'm still looking for a fun pleasure sponsor. Does not have to be a sex toy. You can stop sending me your sex toy recommendations for a sponsor for this podcast. I love sex toys, but I don't need so many of them. So if anybody has an idea of a pleasure of any kind sponsor, I I am looking. So good to see you all. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And we'll talk soon, Samantha. Bye. Bye.